This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Where's Lewis? Oh, Lewis. Lewis Howard. The Professionals of Professionalism proudly present... Lewis Howard Live, your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Hey, welcome to another edition of Lewis Howard Live. I'm Lewis Howard. We're going coast to coast and around the world, reaching you and yours, inviting you to be a part of another fun day, weekend conversation about everything from real estate, lifestyle, financing, coaching, and living your best version of yourself. So we appreciate a hundred thousand of you that have downloaded the show and taken the time to invest in and listen in to one thought that may be a game changer for your journey. So we're always uh, thankful for that. You can always hit me up on Facebook, the Lewis Howard or Twitter or Instagram, any way you want to connect. You can also send us emails to Lewis at L Howard, com And, uh, Give me your thoughts, questions, comments, and we will take those to heart. We may even put up some on on the website as well. Hey, we're going to jump right into a new thought today. And uh, I believe that this can be a thought that can help you for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your journey if you can grab a hold of what I'm going to share. And we're going to talk about building wealth, right? It's it's great to talk about dreams and goals, which many of us have, but I want to share some insights today on building wealth for your dream. As I've said in previous episodes, I've been fortunate enough to be mentored by multi-millionaires. My last mentor was a billionaire developer that I worked side by side with for 10 years. And some things are taught and other things are caught. And so what I'm going to share with you is a version of both. But more importantly, the principles that I'm going to share and throw at you today comes from a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, It was written by Robert Kiyosaki, and it was regarding his two dads. So he had two dads growing up. And he had one, his real father, that he referred to as poor dad. And then he had his other father that he referred to as rich dad. And he looked at them and shaped his whole concept of wealth, uh, money, and investing from watching these two men. One he called poor dad and the other one rich dad. And essentially what he determined is you don't need to earn a high income to be rich. 
You just need to know how to be smart. So I'm going to break down uh, one of four areas, and we're going to talk about that where you are probably in, and then where do you go from there. And so Robert came up with another book called Cash Flow. And in this book, he talks about the quadrants of money, the quadrants of wealth building, right? So we're just going to go through that because I think it's important because most people got more month than they got money. And they're living check to check. They can't kill nothing, won't nothing die, right? And so habit insanity is keeping engaging in the same practice over and over again and thinking things will change. So hopefully when I give you this thought, it may not be something you can apply today, but some of you will because I hope that you'll get an aha moment out of where you are fitting and then where you want to go. So let's jump right in. So the first quadrant is called the employee quadrant. 90% of people operate in this quadrant. That's called the W-2. That's a working nine to five to make a living. You remember the song, right? So that's on your grind. That's, that's getting your business on on a regular basis. Whatever term you have for it, if you are W-2 and you are paid a salary, you are in the employee quadrant, right? So the interesting thing about the employee uh, quadrant is if you get up every day and you say, I do this, that's the employee quadrant, right? And so you exchange literally your time, uh, talent, for wages. And then the gamble becomes how much of your time can you share exchange for wages, right? And most people after a period of time don't make enough money to keep up with the time that they're investing, right? So they're putting in 30, 40, 50 hours. So that's the quadrant that most of us operate in. And that's not somebody that owns a company. It's somebody that usually works for a company. They devote most of their working hours to that company. Um, if that company gets in serious financial trouble, as we saw many years ago, um, you know, during the recession, during the downturn, over 8 million people lost their homes. That's a lot of folks losing one of the most valuable assets that they own, and primarily because they're in this quadrant, what we call the employee quadrant, or what Robert Kiyosaki referred to as the employee quadrant. And once your company gets in trouble, you're in trouble, right? We just saw what happened when the government shut down for 35 days. 800,000 people didn't get one paycheck, and half of them filed bankruptcy. One check. Right. Because if you live in that quadrant, that's what happens because you become at the mercy of your employer. So if you want to build wealth and you want to be rich, 90 percent of you are never going to do it operating in that quadrant unless you're the chairman of Disney or ABC or CNN where they're paying you $200 million a year, right? But for the most part, uh, most of us, if you're living in that quadrant, you're just not going to make it, right? I remember as a 14-year-old kid, I've always had two jobs, right? Always because I had one job to pay my expenses and another job for everything I wanted to do for fun. Right. That's just the way it is. And so if you're having to spend your time working for the man 
or the woman or the organization or the system or the government, then you got to exchange that time. You got to take that time away from your family. You got to take that time away from your fun. You got to take that time away from your friends, right? And it becomes troublesome in, in marriages and relationships because people spend so much time working. So that's the first quadrant. And so you have to examine yourself as you're thinking about wealth building and, and, and riches. And here's what wealth is. Wealth is the ability to do what you want, when you want, anytime you want. That's, that's the nature of wealth, right? Wealth is I'll show up in my business because I want to be there. And I want to hang out there, not because I need to be there. And if I'm not there, then it doesn't function or I don't get a check. So so that's that's the number one quadrant we're talking about. So think about that, about being in that quadrant. And if you're happy in that quadrant, hey, cheers. Right. But don't expect that you're going to get rich living in that quadrant. You'll work 20 years in that quadrant. You're retired. I'll give you a watch. They give you a 401k, and if it's if you're unlucky, it turns into 201k, right? So it is about thinking about where you want to be. Stephen Covey had a great quote that says, "Begin with the end in mind, right? Where do you want to end up? So now that's where you got to be. If you're if you're young and you're getting out of school and and, and college or whatever, yeah, you may have to go work for companies for a while because it's a great place to get experience. It's a great place to to uh, develop, right? But as you as you study history, you see some of the greatest business geniuses didn't finish college. Bill Gates dropped out of college. Steve Jobs dropped out of college. So a lot of entrepreneurs get to a certain point where they realize they have to, to get out. So that's the employee quadrant. So if you just join us, we're talking about some principal wealth building thoughts for your dream. In previous episodes, we've talked about passion. We've talked about how to get to that dream. And now today we're talking about the money that you need to sustain and fund your dream. So the next quadrant that we'll talk about is called the self-employed quadrant. Now, a lot of people are fortunate to move out of that employee quadrant and get into the self-employed quadrant. You know you're in this quadrant if every day you wake up and you say, we do this. That is the self-employment. That is real estate professionals. Those are doctors. Those are lawyers. Those are contractors. Those are people that essentially work for themselves, right? You hear that, I'm a self-made man. Well, that's usually somebody that's in the self-employed quadrant. They don't want to work for the man. They don't want to work for a company. They want to work for themselves. Uh, One more thought back on the employee quadrant is taxes. The problem with being in the the employee quadrant is you're going to get taxed, right? Your only biggest tax deduction is a home if you own it up to $750,000, right? So that's one of the problems of being in the employee quadrant. Then when you move into the self-employed, now you've got an opportunity to write more stuff off because now you have business and expenses and so forth. And you can talk to the accountants about the difference between those two, but it does make a difference in terms of how much money you keep. If you are an employee, you're going to get to keep what's left over. 
right? If you make a dollar, you might get to keep 40 cents of that dollar after taxes and expenses and who's FICA. I never figured out who FICA is, right? Always taking my money, right? So that's part of the, the challenges. The company takes taxes and expenses. If you got draws, if you got retirement, all that stuff. And then you get to take home what's left over. But in the self-employed, you get to pay those people. You pay the taxes. You pay the expenses. You pay your health care and so forth. So you can determine how much of that money you want to retain. So being self-employed is slightly better um, than being a W-2, right? Because you work for yourself. And in a downturn economy, if the self-employed may struggle to take on new projects. You can't get new contracts. You can't get new clients because everybody's money's tight. So your cash flow can be impacted. I have been in real estate close to 29 years. And I know what happens if the market changes, if it shifts, if it slows down. People are buying less properties. People are selling less properties. What, what does that mean? You don't eat. You're eating less. All of a sudden, you go from steaks and lobster to Roman noodle soup, right? Because you're struggling. You can't, the cash flow is not there. So that's one of the challenges if you are operating in the self-employed quadrant. But you do control your time, right? No company controls your time. You can control your time. So you can make as much money as you can manage. But you do have the risk that depending on what your business is, it may be seasonal. If you're a fisherman, it's seasonal. You're not going to be working 365 days a year. So that changes. So you got to be good at saving money, right? Um, I have people that never met a dollar they didn't like, right? So that's hard to be a saver if you are a great spender. So as a self-employed, you got to be really disciplined with your money to build reserves so that if your contracts start Uh, stop or slow down or business ain't flowing, you can still pay your employees, you can pay your vendors, you can pay your help to keep it sustained. So it is better than being in the employee quadrant, but it does come with its own challenges. So we're talking today about some good wealth principles that'll help you build wealth and get to the point where you are controlling your own destiny and your own journey. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into the other two quadrants, the serious quadrants of building wealth. You're listening to Lewis Howard Live. Don't go anywhere. Take a breather. We'll be right back after this message. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. Hey, thank you for being part of the conversation and another podcast reaching coast to coast. Today, we're talking about money, wealth building. Money is good. You know, I grew up with the old adage, money is the root of all evil, right? For the love of money is the root of all evil. But 
That's not true, right? If if you have money, you're fine. If money's got you, you're probably not fine, right? But you can be you can have the same problem as a poor person as a rich person has, right? It's the lack of money or not knowing how to manage. So we're just talking about today some powerful principles that you can put in your tool chest of your journey of dream building that can have a great impact on leaving a legacy. Don't you want to leave something more than bills when you're done, right? You want to leave a legacy. You want to leave a mantle for the people that are following behind you to pick up and carry forth. Wealth is the only way to do that. If you study business history, wealth is the key foundation to everyone's longevity. Study history. You'll see it through and through. So I want to encourage you today to really sit down and give some thought to what do I want my life to look like? How much is it going to take to fund my dream? And what do I have to do to be able to do that? We talked about in the previous segment about the difference between the employee quadrant and the self-employment quadrant, which is based on the rich dad, poor dad principles by Robert Kiyosaki. If you have not read the book, I encourage you to get the book and also get cash flow. And if you really are a student, go get cash flow the game, right? So you can really get into learning the principles. I played Monopoly growing up and cash flow is awesome. It's a higher version of playing Monopoly. So go get it and check out that version. So just some thoughts uh, before we get to the next two. Most people are programmed to go to school and get a job. That's what I was taught as a kid. Go to school, put your head down, get a job, right? The problem with a job is, is that's not building wealth. It doesn't teach you how to be rich. So as you read in the book, Robert Kiyosaki's dad was a teacher and that was his job. The rich dad was a business owner. That was his job. And you could see the difference in parallels between those two men. One played it safe, one took risk. That's the difference, right? When you go work for someone, you're playing it safe because you don't want to get out there on your own. You don't want to take the risk of failure. You don't have the capital. You don't have the resources, whatever it is. So it's easy to go work for someone else. But most people, I see them every day on the freeway going to their so-called happy place job and they're not so happy, right? They're giving everybody the your number one sign as they're driving down I-5, which is where we're broadcasting our show from in Seattle, right? So most people are not happy going to their J-O-B, right? Uh, we hear the songs, you got to have a J-O-B if you want to hang with me, right? So we've made a whole culture out of job, right? But job is not wealth, job is not riches, and job will not leave you a legacy. It might pay your bills. It might leave you the ability to have a cool lifestyle. It may even allow you to go further in debt, but it's not going to build wealth. And this is what this conversation really is about, is starting to think about the principles associated with building wealth getting financial freedom. That's my goal, and I hope that it is your goal. If not for yourself, for your children, for future generations, as I said earlier, when you're done, you can leave something that other people can continue uh, to 
work and benefit in your behalf. All right, so let's talk about two more quadrants. We talked about the employee quadrant. We talked about the self-employed quadrant. The next one is the business owner. The business owner is someone that owns a business, right? Now that's different than just being self-employed. You are a business owner if you get up every day and you say, they do this, right? That means you're not doing it. Somebody else is doing it, right? That's the difference between self-employed, which says we do this. That means you're involved, right? If you have to show up every day and be there, that's not a business. That's a job, okay? Maybe a cool job, and they may call you president and boss and grand poopa, but it is a job, right? So just know that it's not a business. So the third quadrant is composed of business owners, those who have taken their skills as self-employed people and transformed them into running their own enterprise. Business owners have distinct advantage. They can control production. They control their services. They hire and fire employees, and they find creative ways not to pay taxes, right? So, you know, we always get mad at wealthy people because they don't pay as much taxes as the poor guy. Well, it's because they have an enterprise and they have creative accountants and lawyers that help them escape paying the full weight of taxes. Now, if you are of a social mentality, that ain't fair. I get it. But that is just the way capitalism works in America. If you're smart and you can avoid it, you can eliminate your tax liability. That's what business owners are able to do. They're also able to to expand their business, grow their business. Think about everything we enjoy, right? Your Apple systems, computers, iPad, iMac, iPod, that's all a business. And that business is a global business. Uh, Microsoft, half a million plus employees around the world. Amazon, those are businesses. Jeff Bezos started Amazon in a garage, right? And in 1999, and now look at it. It is a worldwide powerhouse of a business. Think about FedEx, right? Started by a guy in Memphis, Tennessee. And now think about it. We don't think about it. Here's the thing I want to challenge my listeners on. Don't just buy something or do something and don't think about it. Think about where did this come from? Who started this? Study it. It will inspire you to read some of the stories. I like to read stories of people's products and services that I use because I like to know the history of what I'm buying, what I'm enjoying, right? I'm a car fanatic, so I like to study the history of vehicles, uh, racing history. Most cars that you enjoy came out of racing history. When you enjoy your Benz, that came out of a racing history. Most people don't know that. They just know I got a Benz. They don't know where it came from, what the history. Study your history because it will inspire you and it also will help you appreciate what you're enjoying. Instead of just buying it for status and buying it for cool, you actually own the history of it. But anyway, let's get back to the business. So they can control things. When you got a business, they can control writing off expenses. They can, can they can take advantage of changes in the economy. Um, 
you know, you see great advertisers, marketing. One of my favorite times is doing the Super Bowl, and you see the coolest commercials come out, Pepsi, whoever's coming out, Budweiser. My favorite one is Dilly Dilly, right, the Budweiser. Well, those are all businesses that are engaging you as the consumer to buy their products and services, right? So those are human beings that own that business, that own that enterprise, whether you are a stockholder, you are board of directors, or you are on the executive level. I worked for a developer who had a business for 50 years, and it was the most successful home building enterprise in the region for 50 years. And so that was his business. He could hire who he wanted. He could fire who he wanted. He could buy what he wanted. He could sell what he wanted. He had boats. He had planes. He had cars. But most of all, John had freedom. Right. He could do if he wanted to go sail with the king of Spain, he could go do that because he had us working his business. Right. That's the difference. So think about as you think about your your goals, you think about your passion and you think about your dreams. You have to have the vehicles in your life to align with that in order to reach that. You can't be sitting in a nine to five job saying I'm a baller. I'm a shot caller. You're not. Right. It may sound good on Instagram because don't nobody know the history of it. But the truth is, you know, you struggling. You check the check. Right. So let's get real and take the risk. Come out the closet and be who you are. If you're a dreamer, then be a dreamer. If you're an entrepreneur, then stop working for people. Right. Because you're not doing them any good and you're not doing yourself any good. Right. Because you're not giving them your best. Right. And they're not paying you the best because they know you're not giving the best. So it's this, it's this crazy exchange that people get into. Employers pay you just enough to leave. You work hard enough to just to keep from getting fired. Right. I call it the great American labor standoff. So life is better than that. You want to get to the dream. And that's what we're talking about is some of the principles that you need to be thinking about on how to build that dream. All right. So the last quadrant is this is the money quadrant, right? So if you did not catch anything that we talked about early, and I encourage you to get the episode and download it, but this is the quadrant that everybody ought to strive to be in. If you're in this quadrant, then you wake up every day and say, my money does this, right? That's the quadrant because now your money is making money for you. Not your business, not your W-2, not your self-employed, but now your money, your investment is making money. It's making return, right? The rule of 72. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. Interest compounded, compounded. There are some people that have so much money, they live off the interest. They don't even live off the principle of it, right? The way most Americans bill money that works for them is usually through forced savings. And forced savings means when you get your check, they take out portion of your 401k or when you pay your mortgage every month, maybe $300 is forced saved to your principal, right? But that's not the investor style of making money. So investors are the highest level of financial security, according to Robert Kiyosaki and everything that I've studied. Investors are those who take what they earn and invest it in real estate, savings, 
bonds, and other forms of dividend-producing assets. The goal of investors is to stop working altogether and, as I said, just live off the income from their investments, right? And the rich dad, poor dad model encourages all people, even employees to become investors. So even as an employee, you can invest in other companies. You can invest in stock. You can invest in, in, in bonds. You can invest in things to start having that money actually work for you, even when you're working for someone else. So it is possible to really benefit from being an investor, even if you are an employee or if you are self-employed. So all of us can save money and start down the path to financial freedom. Again, if you're an investor, you say, my money does this. So the question, the challenge that I have for you is what quadrant are you in? How well are you doing in that quadrant? And what is it going to take for you to move from where you are to where you want to be? Sounds like my best-selling book, From Here to There right? How do you get from where you are to where you want to be? School is not going to do it. You got to go to the School of Hard Knocks University instead of UW University because the School of Hard Knocks is going to teach you how to fail forward, how to succeed, how to get knocked down, get picked up, how to make money. If you lose, here's an interesting stat. Most multimillionaires and billionaires have gone broke at least three times, at least three times. They've gone broke. They lost it all, right? Trump, as a businessman, prior to him being president, had 500 partnerships, owed close to $600 million in banks' money, right? Almost went broke. So when you when you study history, you have to study history and understand people didn't just fall into money. A lot of people fail forward. They made money, they lost money, they made it again, right? So it is a principle of life. You've got to be willing to take that risk and get out there and not just try to do it from a point of ease and and safety and comfort because it's just not going to get you where you need to be. So that's really the story of thinking about how you get from where you are to where you want to be. I encourage you to go get the book Cashflow and go get the book Rich Dad and study that book and think about where you want to be. Hey, thank you for joining us, being part of the conversation. Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and let us know what you think about the show. You can email me at lewis at lhoward360.com, and uh, you can get us 24-7 on podcasts. You can, we're also on iTunes, so you can d- download us on your phone and just play segments right there on your phone between breaks. Smart people listen to stuff that teach them every day, right? Um, watching uh, Dr. Phil is not going to teach you how to have a successful life. It's just trauma and drama right? Get some stuff in you that can make a difference. And so when you find that opportunity and it comes to you, you know what to do with it. Hey, we'll see you next week on another live edition of Lewis Howard Live. Keep being the best version of yourself.
The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.